Come on, you can do better than that. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. It is quick, it is powerful, it is sharper than any two-edged sword. And as we come today, Father, your word says where two or three are gathered in your name, you are in the midst. We know you are here. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for being present in this place. And so as I step back, so you can use me to speak the oracles of God into the lives of your people. Father, I thank you that signs, miracles, and wonders are going to follow the word today because you always watch over your word to perform it. And heaven and earth is going to pass away, but this word will never pass away. We receive it now by faith, and it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. If you're at home watching us, thank you for joining us. You may be seated as well. Well, I want to give you a reminder of our theme for the year. And so if you're visiting us for the very first or second time, just wave at us. If you're visiting first or second time, wave, wave, wave. All right. Good, good, good. Give our visitors a hand clap. If you're watching for the first time, I want to remind you that our theme for the year is ready, set, grow. Ready, set, grow. And our goal this year is to grow to new levels so that we can go to new levels. I'm going to say that again. Our goal for the year is for us to grow to new levels so we can go to new levels. Do you know that it's sometimes almost impossible to go to a new level if you haven't grown to that new level? Say amen to that. So every series, every teaching, every event, every activity that we have this year is going to push us in the direction of growth. And so today I'm starting a new series uh, and I know that it's necessary because as a church grows, that means people are coming in who need some of the things that we already know. And so I'm starting a series entitled Growing in the Spirit. Look at your neighbor and say, he already talking to you. Growing in the Spirit. And the goal of the series is to infuse everyone. Everybody say that includes me. I want to infuse everyone, watch this now, with the next level faith, next level knowledge, next level revelation, next level sensitivity, next level discernment. And all of that is going to help us grow in the spirit. And so the purpose is not just to provide you and I with information about the spirit, but to provide you with knowledge, watch this, that will enhance your relationship with the Holy Spirit, because once you have an encounter with the relation with the Holy Spirit, guess what? Transformation takes place in your life. 
So if you're taking notes and you should have some notes, if you don't have your notes physically with you, just raise your hand and our ushers will give you a copy. And if you're watching online, all you have to do is click click the link that uh, connects you to the notes and it will take you there. So what I want to do, first of all, is to give everybody perspective, say perspective. Okay, because our our perspective and your perspective will determine if you get something out of this lesson. And so there are three different kind of perspectives you and I can have when it comes to the Holy Spirit, because I'm going to be talking about some things that are going to be foreign to some that are going to be refreshing for others. And then some of us, we just need a refilling. So by the end of the series, I'm hoping to have a filling and refilling service. How many have gone to the restaurant and you need to be, you know, the refills are free? Right. And so you drink and you drink and you drink and you drink. And then right before you leave, what you got to do? That's right. So there are three different perspectives you can have when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Here's the first one. You can have a traditional perspective. And that's where you and I, we choose to believe what we've been taught growing up. Even if what we were taught growing up was wrong. Even if it was if it was not biblical, sometimes we still hold on to that which we were taught, even though it may be wrong. And this approach leaves no room for us to get new information or new revelation. I remember as a Presbyterian, I was introduced to the Holy Spirit when I went to college. And you have to understand, speaking in tongues is not something that I had ever heard. I had never heard anybody speak in tongues. And so here it is, they were teaching on that. It was foreign to me. Now, I could have at that point just said, well, I've never heard of something like that, so I'm not going to believe it. Everybody say, that's a traditional approach. But then you can have a theological perspective. And that's where we believe theory or believe in theory that man teaches about the Holy Spirit, even if what man is teaching does not line up with Scripture. Many people believe that the Holy Spirit or speaking in tongues or being filled with the Holy Spirit or manifesting the the nine manifestations of the Holy Spirit, which I'm going to talk about throughout the series, because most people, uh, they have not embraced what speaking in tongues is all about. And it's because they think speaking in tongues itself is a gift. But speaking in tongues is not the gift. The gift is the Holy Spirit. And what he does, he brings some manifestations with him. And one of those manifestations is speaking in tongues. So you can have the theological perspective. Well, I went to Bible college and they didn't teach me that. Well, that doesn't mean it's it's not something that we should teach. And then you can look at it from the truth perspective. And this is where you and I choose to believe and receive what God's word says about the Holy Spirit. So if you're taking notes, here's our first take home statement that I want to give you. Knowledge educates you, but encounters transform you. I'm going to say that again. Knowledge educates you, but encounters transform you. So I have three points today. Here's point number one. We're going to jump right into this. Here's point number one. Visitation causes transformation. Everybody say visitation causes transformation. So let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Here's my point. I'm hoping to help you see that when you have an encounter with God, when you have an encounter with Jesus Christ, when you have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, You don't walk away from that encounter the same. 
You walk away from that encounter with transformation. It says now in 2 Corinthians 3.17, it says, Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what, church? There is liberty. Say amen to that. See, some of us were raised in churches where you couldn't wear makeup. How many was that? I mean, no makeup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You couldn't wear pants if you were a lady. Because they use a scripture, women should not wear things that pertain to a man. Well, Jesus wore a robe. What are we going to do? Everybody wear your bathrobes to church so we can be like Jesus. It says, but there is liberty, verse 18. But we all, watch this church, with an open face, we're beholding or we're looking as in a glass or a mirror, the glory of the Lord. And when you and I look in the mirror or the glass of God's glory, watch what happens. It says we are what, church? We're changed. Now that word is going to mean something in just a minute. We were changed or transformed, watch this, into the same image from glory to glory, read this with me, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So the Spirit of the Lord is the one that helps transformation or change to take place in our life. Look at the New Living Translation. It says, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is that spirit, makes us more and more like who? Like him, as we are changed into his glorious image. And this is why a lot of people, uh, it's difficult for them to change. Why? Because they're trying to change from the outside in. But true change doesn't happen from the outside in. True change starts from the inside out. Information educates you. But encounters change you. And everybody who had an encounter with Jesus Christ, watch this church, they walked away changed. In Acts chapter 9, we're not going to go to it, but Saul, who later changed his name or got his name changed from Saul to Paul, he had an encounter with Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus, and he was never the same after that. And this is why we have to watch it, because if you come to church on a regular, everybody say on a regular. If you come to church on a regular and there's not change, that means, watch this, you came and you left with information, not transformation. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 1, here's another situation where this encounter caused transformation. It says, and after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother. He brought them up to a high mountain, verse 2, and he was transfigured. Remember that that Bible, what we read earlier, it says that the Spirit of the Lord causes us to be changed into his image. That word changed is the same word transfigured. It says here, and when they went up with Jesus, they were trans. he was transfigured right before them in other words change took place in john chapter 4 verse 1 they're going to put it on the screen i'm going to show you another encounter where a lady encountered jesus and as a result of her encounter transformation took place this is john chapter 4 this is a woman at the well and it says in verse 1 the lord knew how the pharisees had heard that jesus made and baptized more disciples than john even though jesus himself did not baptize And so now I'm going to jump down to verse number five. 
It says, then come he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the parcel of ground which Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, he sat on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Watch verse 7. There came a woman of Samaria to do what, church? To get some water. So that means she was thirsty. Look at your neighbor and say, are you thirsty? Take it how you want to. <laughs> For his disciples were gone away to buy some meat. Then said the woman of Samaria to him. Watch what she says. She says, how is it that you being a Jew ask me for a drink? So I want you to see her first encounter with Jesus Christ. Her perspective on him, because I, I showed you on the front end that our perspective determines our transformation. Well, her first perspective of Jesus is that he was a Jew. But if you keep reading, we're going to jump now uh, to verse 10. Jesus answered and said, if you knew who the gift of God was, then you would ask him for a drink. So verse 11, the woman said unto her, unto him, sir, you have nothing to draw with. So watch this now. As she continued her encounter with Jesus, she moves now from, watch this now, from looking at his race to now giving him some respect. She called him sir. She went from now saying Jew to now sir. You have nothing to draw with. So now watch this now. Jesus starts talking to her and she starts saying, hey, you know, this well was here. My our father Jacob had this well. And then so in verse 14 or verse 13, Jesus said to her, whoever drink of this water is going to thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give them shall never what? Thirst. But the water that shall I give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Watch verse 15. The woman said it to him. What did she call him? Sir. So now let's jump down to verse 19. Well, let's look in verse 17 to see what Jesus did. Jesus started talking to this lady and he got a word of knowledge on her. He said, you know what? Go get your husband. Tell him to come here. The woman answered and said in verse 17, I, I don't have a husband. Jesus said unto her, oh, you, you said that right. You don't have no husband because you have had five of them. So now watch verse 13. Watch her encounter. Because remember, my point is this. An encounter should bring transformation. Watch verse 19. The woman said unto him, sir, I perceive that you are what? Wow. She spent enough time with Jesus. To change her perspective from looking at his race to now giving him respect, sir. So now she says she perceived that he's a what? That's, see, that's next level right there. See, that's the problem. Most people sit in the church pew and they never get transformed because they're looking at the vessel where the transformation is coming through. Amen. That's why the church of Jesus Christ is divided today. Because we're looking at race. But I won't go there. Let's just keep going. Verse 19. Then the woman says, sir, I perceive you are a prophet. So then she goes into that. So look now. He says in verse 25, the, the woman said, I know that you are the Messiah, which is, I know that the Messiah who comes, which is called Christ, when he comes, he's going to tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto you am he. Wow. 
She spent enough time with him. Watch this now. For her to discover who he really was. Watch now was verse 28. The woman left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men, read it with me. Come see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? So she went from calling him a Jew to sir to a prophet. Now she sees who he really is. Oh, he's the Christ, the son of the living God. And if you notice, once, watch this now, once she allowed him to reveal who he was, he revealed to her who she was. That's why she said, come see a man who's told me everything about myself. Everybody say, visitation always causes transformation. See, this woman at the well, watch this now, she turned a visit into a visitation. And see, many people never get a visitation where they can experience transformation. Watch this, church, because they don't spend enough time talking to Jesus to get it. Because she could have ended the conversation when he said, uh, can I have some water? She could have been like, look, I ain't your slave. Peace. <laughs> An encounter with the Holy Spirit will not only change you, but one of his roles that I'm going to show you today is to reveal to you things that God has planned for you. So if you're taking notes, here's point number two. Revelation produces manifestation. See, the goal in the series, I'm just trying to uh, introduce it, is to help us see. Because there's some of us, we have the well of water inside because we got saved. And we may at one point got filled. But we, listen, but the cup is running empty. Because if you don't go back to the well where you got the water from, eventually as you use the water, your cup is going to run dry. And so many people, watch this, many Christians, they think they have a church problem. Oh, I'm not growing no more at this church, that church, this church, Reverend Pharaoh's church. Everybody grow at this church, so we're not talking about this church. Oh, I'm not growing. No, no, no. It's not that you're not growing. It's just that your well is dry and can't nobody put water in there but you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. First Corinthians chapter 2. First Corinthians. Revelation produces manifestation. It says, but as it is written, watch this church. I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. Watch this now. The things which God has prepared, notice that word prepared is past tense, prepared for them that love him. God has some things, say things. He has some things that he has already prepared for those that love him. Watch verse 10. But God, because you know back in the, back in the Baptist days, they would preach that verse right there. Eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for him. Well, preacher, why don't you read the next verse? Because I want to know what those things are. And I want to know how to get those things. Look at verse 10. But God, he had, that's past tense, he has what? Is it, now listen, does revealed means past, present, or future? Which one? 
past tense. So that means, watch this now, the things that God has for me have already been revealed. The question is, am I in position to get the revelation? We're praying, oh God, tell me my purpose. It's already been released. It says, but God has revealed, and that word revealed, watch this church, it means to make known what was before unknown. So God has revealed or made known what was before unknown. He's revealed those things to us. How, church? By the Spirit. So now, can you see why the Holy Spirit is so important? Because one of his roles in my life, in your life, is to reveal to me and you the things that God has already prepared for us. Say amen to that. And one of the ways that God uses the Holy Spirit to make known these things that we do not know is through speaking in tongues. Romans chapter 8. We're going to go here. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And here's the thing. Some of us traditionally have been around people that spoke in tongues. And, and you know, we, we've just chosen not to. And it's a choice. It's a choice. You don't have to do it. Listen, speaking in tongues is not contingent upon you being saved. It's not. But see, what I want to do is create an appetite for you because some of you know how to speak in tongues and you don't even do it on a regular. Let me tell you something. The moment you become irregular is the moment you become uncomfortable. Does y'all get that? Some of y'all didn't get it. Come on now, when you get, when, when, when you're not regular, you, you, sometimes you need assistance. It's called X-Lax. What's the other ones? Help me. Miralax? Uh-huh, what else? Hot casserole, ooh. Ooh. Mm. We're we going to stop right there. We're going to stop. See, when, you, when you're not regular, you, you start feeling funny. Start getting bloated and stuff, you know, and straining and going on. Watch Romans 8. It says, likewise, the Spirit, He helps our infirmities. I'll talk about that on next week. That word infirmities means weaknesses. For we, not, we know not what we should pray for. So the context of this is the Holy Spirit in prayer. He says, but the Spirit itself makes intercession or prays for us. How does he do that? With groanings which cannot be uttered. Verse 27. And he that searches the hearts, he knows what's in the mind of the Spirit. I want you to see something. That the Holy Spirit has a mind. And watch this. And God knows what's in the mind of the Spirit because He put the Spirit in us. He says He knows what's in the mind of the Spirit because He, the Spirit, makes intercession or prays for who? The saints. And how does He pray for the saints? According to the will of God. So when you and I allow the Holy Spirit to pray through us, you and I are guaranteed that we're praying the will of God. And this is why when you don't know what the will of God is, you need to learn how to pray in tongues. Because once you pray in tongues, you shift from now your will to his. That's good right there. 
And then he says, as a result, he says, as a result of allowing the Spirit of God to pray through you, he says, and intercede for you. He says in verse 28, then we know that all things are going to work together for good. See, when I'm praying in tongues, I'm praying the will of God. And because I'm praying the will of God, I know that, watch this, it's going to work together for my good. And let me just give you something for free. Touch your neighbor and say, this is free right here. This is free. Because some of you all have not gotten over something traumatic that has happened to you. You haven't gotten over that last relationship. They done moved on. They moved, they gone. You still got their picture up somewhere. Come on now. Janet is with Bubba now. Let Janet go. Some of you have been damaged in whatever it is. Let me just say this. There's no hurt that you've experienced that somebody else hasn't had. But if you notice, it says, watch this, God will work all things together for what? Okay, so listen, if God has to work something out for good, that means something bad happened to me. Are you with me? Okay, so if something bad happens to me, that means, watch this now, that the good that he's going to work together for me for, it's got to be better than my life that I had before that was bad happened. Because God's gooder gets gooder. It don't get worse. In other words, his will gets better. It doesn't get worse. So if he has to work something together for my good, that means something bad has happened to me. Well, whatever that was bad that happens to me, when he works that bad out for good, that good has to be better than my previous life because God's good don't get worse. It gets better. Oh, did y'all get that? Listen, so I don't have to worry about, listen, I don't have to worry about who left me. It doesn't matter because, listen, apparently that good wasn't as good as I'm going to get because he worked my bad out for good, which means that good is better than the previous good. It gets gooder and gooder. So why are you camped out at Camp Sokolai? Why, why are you sitting around crying, belly aching? Oh, I miss my old job. You know why you miss your old job? Because you don't see that the God that you serve is trying to work that bad situation out for good. And watch this. That good is going to be better than what you had. You better look at my life. This is the worst you'll ever see me. see your future and it looks a whole lot better than what you look right now. Amen. Listen, listen, write your ex a note, write him a note, tell him thank you. (laughs) Okay, let me keep going before I get in trouble up here. See, when you let when you let the Holy Spirit pray through you, He prays things that you know not of. I'm going to tell this story and I'm going to put it in context. You know the story. Some of, most of you should know it, but I'm going to say it again. Because how does faith come? It comes by hearing. That's right. So I'm going to keep saying it. 
So when we built the building, Pastor Eben has expensive taste. You should know that by now. Okay? Y'all do too. Okay? But I ain't, I ain't in this by myself. No, 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 no. Now, this sanctuary was designed to hold a thousand chairs. But after doing the survey of the members, y'all wanted the most cushiest and biggest chairs that they make. Well, we can only get 800 because y'all have exquisite taste. These chairs can only, only 800 could fit. So we got 200 sitting somewhere in a closet somewhere. So anyway, they showed me the different, you know, types of windows and I didn't ask for the price. I, I just picked the window I liked. I was like, I like that one. It made the, you know, made the building look all nice. And, I, mean, I mean, the building looks nice, don't it, right? Yeah. And so uh, uh, it wasn't until it was time to pay for the windows that I discovered I picked the most expensive windows. So... They told me what the price was. Whoa, that for that one, that much wonders. So anyway, this is when we were in between loans. So our first loan, the money was going down, and the second loan had not kicked in yet because there was some paperwork that I needed to sign that I didn't feel comfortable signing. So in the midst of this one uh, not being, you know, released yet, and this one running out, in the in the midst of that, or in, the, in between, it's called we pay cash. So that's what we did. We were just paying cash, paying cash. Well, how many know if you got more going out than you have coming in, that's called problems. <laughs> so we ran into a problem. It's time to pay that window lady. And we owed her $187,000, something like that. And, uh, you know, I put her off as long as I could. Now, see, I ain't like some of y'all. See, I, 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 I answer the phone for, a, you know, somebody trying to call me, ask me for some money. I ain't like y'all. Y'all be, I ain't answering that. I ain't answering that. No, no, no. If I know, I'll pick up the phone and be like, hello. Is Mr. Mr. Connor, is that who you want to talk to? Yes, this is he. Well, this is being recorded for informational purposes. I'm recording too. Let's go. <laughs> so anyway, we owed that lady $187,000. And she told our builder at the time, she says, you tell that pastor that if he don't pay me my money on Friday, tell him I'm going to sue him and I'm going to put a lien on the church. Well, I can understand if Friday was like 30 days from now, Friday was the next day. So I'm like, oh my God. So I told the builder, I said, hey, listen, call that lady, because it was a lady that owned the business. I said, call her and can you tell her, can you ask her to meet with me? So he called her. She was like, yeah, that's fine. I'll meet with him. I don't know what I'm going to tell her. So you know what I started doing? Because I know I'm praying the will of God. It is the will of God for us to have windows in this church. It's the will of God. I don't know what I was saying in, in, in tongues, but I'm pretty sure I was saying something like, Lord, you better get him that money. <laughs> you better get that. He, he gonna get sued if you don't give him the money, Lord. So I'm praying in tongues. So I get up, I get up to the location of the lady and I'm praying in tongues and I'm like, Lord, I don't know what to say to this lady. 
So I was like, you know what? I'm going to show her the paperwork that I haven't signed to show her. We got the money. It just ain't been released yet. I said, I'll show her that. And right before I get out of the car, right before I get out of the car, the Holy Spirit reveals to me what I'm supposed to do. That's my point. See, somewhere you're going to get to a place in your life where you need him to do some revealing to you. I didn't know without 187,000, I need some revealing quick. He gives me the wisdom. He says, tell her your pastor's story about his car. And I knew what he was saying because my pastor, just like me, have told the story over and over and over again. I can repeat the story. When he's telling the story, I can say it word for word. I know what he's going to say. And so years ago, my pastor, when he had a little church, had just started out, the Lord spoke to him and told him, you're going to have a new car by next week. Well, we know that was going to be a miracle because, number one, his credit was bad. I mean, his credit was so bad, they wouldn't even take his cash. that's, that's, That's bad. His credit was bad. His church was small. They didn't have no money. So it was going to have to be a miracle of God. Long story short, you know, he got, he went and prayed and, and, uh, uh, he just started looking for, you know, for go to banks and all the banks said, no, 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 no. Finally, he gets to this bank and the guy walks up to him and says, preacher, what can I do for you today? And he says, well, he was thinking, how does he know I'm a preacher? Cause see, remember, it says God hath prepared for those who love him. It's already prepared. You just got to keep knocking on the right door. Keep knock, 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 knock. No, 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 no. Yes. The guy sat him down and said, okay, what, what, what do you want, preacher? What, do you, what can I do for you? He said, I want a new car. He said, what kind of car do you want? He said, I want a Mercedes. Not a Mercedes, a Mercedes. Because, see, sometimes our faith, our desires are bigger than where our faith is. He said, oh, one day you'll get a Mercedes. What's your next choice? A Cadillac, you know, because all preachers need a Cadillac. Especially if they fat preachers, they need a Cadillac, right? I ain't talking about nobody. Did I say names? I didn't say names. Okay? He said, oh, you'll get a Cadillac one day, one day. Then he said, what's the third choice? He said, a Buick Park Avenue. The guy said, that's it right there. So long story, he told him to go find it. He went and found it. He went to the dealership. He drove up. His car was smoking. They didn't even come. You know how they, they feel you ain't got no money, so they don't come out and talk to you. They didn't come out and talk to him. So long story short, he gets it. He sees the car. He, t- he sits down with the sales manager. And the sales manager says, what can I do? He says, I want this car. And he says, how much money you got down? He said, none. He said, well, how's your credit? He says, it's bad. He said, well, he, but my pastor said, but if you would just let me take the car home over the weekend, I'll come back with the 10% down I owe you. He said, we don't do business like that. So then my pastor told him what the Lord told me to tell this lady. He said, sir. My bank has entrusted me for 48 months to pay back this loan for this car. I need you to trust me for three days to bring you back your 10%. And he stuck his hand out there for him to shake it. And the guy reluctantly shook his hand. Long story short, miracle took place. Guess what? He ended up with the money, right? So I go in there and she was asking, what you going to do, preacher? You know, I show her the paper. And then finally she was like, I'm a small business. You know, this is messing up my cash flow. And I understand that because I got small. I understand small business stuff. So I said, so I did. I said, ma'am, I said, thousands of investors have trusted Word of Truth Family Church to pay back $7.5 million in 25 years. I need you to trust me for six days to pay you back your $187,000. And I stuck my hand out there for her to shake it. That's what my pastor did. 
And I left it out there too. I mean, if I was going to have to do the robot, I'd tell you, we go. <laughs> so she was like, okay. And so then when she shook my hand, boldness came on me. I said, if I ain't got your money in six days, do whatever you got to do to get it. Then I walked out of there with boldness. I mean, I was like, I was that George Jefferson, but you know, like, <laughs> I got in the car. I was like, Lord, where we going to get this money? Where we going to get these monies? That was Friday. Saturday go by, no money. Sunday go by, no money. Monday go by, no money. Tuesday went by, no money. Wednesday would go by, no money. And then I'm coming down the street. And I'm thinking in my mind, because I'm getting ready to have a construction meeting. Lord, what am I going to tell my construction manager? Because y'all know what he's going to ask me? What are you going to ask me? Do you got the money? And see, when it comes to that kind of stuff, they ain't asking the members. They ain't, did they call y'all? Did they call, anybody get a phone call? You owe me some winter money. They didn't call none of y'all. Y'all know who they called? They called Pastor Edmund. So, while I'm thinking, I'm coming right down Collins here. I can see the building being constructed. I see it. I'm thinking, Lord, what am I going to tell this person? And then all of a sudden, my cell phone rings. And on the other end of that cell phone was the answer to what I was trusting God for. And that day, they wired us $200,000. Not knowing I had a deadline. Everybody say, manifestation comes from revelation. So here's the third thing. Here's the third thing. Point number three, we're closing right here. Your desire is required. See, here's the problem. God can only feed us if we're hungry. Matthew chapter 5 verse 6. I'm closing right here. It says, blessed are they which do hunger. And what else? Thirst after righteousness. What happens to those people? They what? They shall be what? So you know what? The only way. You're going to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. You got to want it. Now you say, well, Pastor, I'm already filled with the Holy Spirit. That's fine. My, my thing is, okay, why don't you take your encounter to the next level? Because I don't believe that you can know God one way and that's the way it is. There are too many layers of God. There are too many, there are too many uh, uh, depths of Him. And so what we have to do now... This is application. Number one, we're going to have to come hungry for our next level spirit experience. So as I do this series, you need to say, Lord, you need to put... See, can't nobody make you hungry. You got to be hungry. So now it's like, okay, Lord, I, I want to experience you at a new level now. I, I've experienced you at the bless me with a car level. I didn't experience, you know, bless me with a house level. I didn't experience which bless me with a new weave level. I experienced that too. Come on now. But, but I want to experience you now at a new revelation level. So number one, we're going to have to come hungry for our next level spirit experience. Number two, 
We can't let tradition rob us from our next level Holy Spirit experience. Because, see, some of you all don't speak in tongues and you've already tuned me out. I don't need that. Well, how you how do you know you don't need some if you ain't never had it to know you don't need it? Here's number three. Exercise your faith. Watch this now. By setting aside, watch this, some time to seek and speak. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit... Take some time now every day this week, five, ten minutes. Just sit aside some time and begin to praise God and say, Father, I thank you for filling me with the Holy Spirit. Everybody say you need to seek. And then if you are already speaking tongues, take some time to speak. I dare you to put in at least 24 minutes a day. You say, Pastor, what is 24 minutes? Well, how many hours in a day? I'm just saying, take one minute out of each one of those hours. That's 20, isn't that 24 minutes? 24 minutes. And if, listen, I believe transformation is going to take place in your life if you do that. Did y'all learn something today? Give the Lord a hand clap. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're watching me, there are some people watching me and there are some people in this room That the first step is not speaking in tongues. The first step is giving Jesus Christ your life. Because he's got to first cause you to be born again. And if you died today and you're not 100% sure you'd go to heaven, I'm talking to you. If you're in the room and if you died today and you're not sure you'd go to heaven, I'm talking to you. Right there, I'm talking to you.